Backbone Takeover. My name's Nick Brown, Franny Brown, Franny Brown, Town, the 14th reason, the Silver Surfer, Top Deck. I'll be your host, I'll be your guide over this next hour. And joining me is the man through the wonders of the interweb, the oh-so-glorious one, Mr. Silky Cream Cheese Smooth himself, Nathan Custerson. Nathan, it's been a while, but we're back. What a song, Nick. I haven't heard that in fucking, I don't even know how long. I've, I've been avoiding listening to Stain for all these years, and you just continue to bring back shameful memories of high school, so... <laughs> I'm back. The Bombers are still shit. It's a glorious day. It's been a glorious weekend. The Premier League's back and music's back. It's crazy to see how much has actually happened over a month. Like the Olympics came and went. Um, that's all gone. The finals are in for the footy. Kanye West set himself on fire. He levitated. I think he's back with Kim Kardashian. Still hasn't dropped Donda, by the way. We're still waiting on that. Um, I was kind of, honestly, there was two things that I was waiting for before Backbone came back. One was the drop of Donda and one was hopefully lockdown breaking so we can do these face-to-face. Neither of those has happened, but we said, fuck it, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, thank God. Well, is he still living in the stadium in Atlanta? Is that his <laughs> spiritual home still, or what's the go there? He was living in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for a million dollars a day, apparently. And when I say he, was, he wasn't he was living in luxury, he was living in like a locker room where the football was set up because that's what he enjoyed. I don't know. He was. I think he, uh, he might have run out of money for that one. So he's been going all around. He had his recent Chicago um, listening event in uh, over there in his hometown. Everyone was excited. He's about to drop the album, and it still hasn't come out. And now I'm just sad, Nathan. I'm just a sad man. Waiting for Kanye West to do, like, you know, just drop an album. That's all I am, Nathan. Well, the day that it does drop, Nick, will be a special moment in time, Nick. Just like Backbone returning. So <laughs> the people get what they want more than once here. So it's a great day, mate. It's a Donda day. It's going to be beautiful. You, you fucking bastard. Um, of course, this episode and every episode is brought to you by Bilson's Brewery. I'm back. Of course, we have get uh, WWDOTW for 15% off your next purchase online. Of course, Bilson's have a new flavor, strawberries and cream, Nathan, which is uh, one of my favorites growing up, those little lollies were absolutely delectable as Nathan points at his beanie right now. Also, you can get some Bilson's merch, which is pretty good. Not amazing, but pretty good. It's almost as silky and smooth as me, Nick. <laughs> you fucking bastard. I hate everything about you. David, I want to drop you a quick question. I want to I want to kind of send you out on a curveball and I want to kind of get your opinion on this, Nave. Following albums get released on the same day. Who are you listening to first? Gravemind, Gloom in the Corner, Thornhill. Jesus. It's a great question. Um, I'm going to go Gloom first because I'm pretty sure we interviewed them first. So they got <laughs> they were royalty before the other ones, Nick. So I'm yeah. going Gloom first. Thornhill have um, still actually stitched us up for an interview. We haven't had a takeover with those buggers yet. So they're, they're <laughs> second. And Gravemine, like uh, uh, we've had a couple of chats to those boys, but now we've had kind of recent news with Dill and um, Mike leaving. So I don't know where they're at as a band yet. So I'd probably go Gloom at one. Thorny two, and then Greymind at three. Do you want to ask me uh, what my order would be? Yeah, mate. What, what would your order be? I wouldn't, give an order. I wouldn't give an order. What are your three? I, 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 two, I, you know, I'm biased, and I'm, I wouldn't be mean to any of my friends. Um, I couldn't do that to them. Uh, you absolute <laughs> bastard. <laughs> oh, uh, my we, God. We do have a lot to talk about, Nate, but I want to talk about something that we're going to be kind of doing in our, like, kind of in our own time and uh, for a midweek show, because I we want to do Backbone, and we want to keep kind of, you know, plugging the local bands and talking music in every kind of aspect, but we also want to 
kind of um, flesh out some ideas and some conversations that sometimes can be a little bit, you know, kneecapped by the fact that we only run a certain amount of time. Sometimes we get into conversations just accidentally that can only go five minutes just because the show dictates it that way. So what we're going to do is hopefully for the next, uh, the coming Wednesdays is we're going to be putting up an episode essentially probably around 30 minutes, probably under, that we're going to be kind of tackling a to- to- uh, topic of sorts and flesh out the idea with this one for this Wednesday, our opening, ver- our first version of it being Wednesday. When was this scene's last classic album? I've seen this kind of running around on like TikTok and on YouTube and that recently for hip hop. And I kind of thought it was a really cool conversation because this scene is very interesting when it comes to the term classic album. I think sometimes it's overused and sometimes it's underused, Nathan. Oh, 100%, mate. And when you look at it like that, it's so subjective when people call an album a classic. Does it have to be five years old? Does it have to be three? Does it have to be 10? Does it have to have a million singles released? Does it have to be the best album by that band? It's so subjective with the times and stuff, mate. So it's a great question. It's something that's going to be great to talk about. Looking forward to it. So we'll get that on down on Wednesday, Nathan. But let's kind of go back in time a few weeks. Um, Unify. Unify drops its lineup. It's a huge deal, of course. Um, it is kind of that, you know, if if Unify itself is a kid on Christmas, this is kind of like, you know, a kid on his birthday, I guess. It's it's a really exciting time. It's something that we can all kind of get together and, you know, just hope for the best. Um, Nath, what are your thoughts on Unify? Being a couple of weeks removed, have they changed over the last few weeks? Uh, it's a great, it's a good question. Not not a lot, mate. Not a lot, to be honest. So we've got the, the, the dates there, January 20 to 23, 2022. Very exciting. But um, I look at this, Nick, from our perspective, having done the show now three and a half years. And if I was a casual music fan, like we probably were for a long time before we did the show, I wouldn't have given two shits about this lineup. <laughs> That's been kind. Yeah. But, as we now, we're, we're about all these bands basically that are on this bill. I have enough there to be really excited. So I'll go through the bands. Obviously, we've got Soho and Amity headlining. I really am a big fan of one of those. I'm not going to name the other. Which one is which? We'll obviously know which they are. Because like, you go through the acts. We've got Alpha Wolf, Banks Arcade, Bugs, Bloom, Dream on Dreamer, Gravemind, The Last Miner, Ocean Grove, Pliny, Pridelands, Red Hook, Short Stack, Starve, Stepson, Teen Jesus, and the Gene Teasers. I don't even know how to say that. The Teenage Jones, Thornhill, Two Octavia, Wax, Wild Art, Yours Truly. So, Nick, yep. I'll put this out there. I'm really, really excited to obviously see Alpha Wolf debut at a big festival. Like, we've seen them at Invasion Fest, but I think them at a Unify now, coming into an evening set, are going to be fucking fantastic. Really excited to see Starve after we saw their um, EP launch. I think they're set for big things. Two Octavia had, had a brilliant EP, which we were really, really big on before we had a little break, and they're a fantastic band on the up. Then we've got Bloom, who we did our most recent takeover with, who are also a band that I really, really enjoy watching. Then you look at bands like Thornhill, who I think um, they'll have a new song or two out by that stage, hopefully an album release. Obviously, Soho that I mentioned, Ocean Grove. We haven't seen them on the flip phone fantasy run yet, Nick. So we're going to see all these songs live, which is going to be fantastic. And even Short Stack. Like, Short Stack are going to be a lot of fun, dude. Like, I know people will take the piss out of them a bit, but on a Saturday night after a few shandy and gin and tonics from you, like, it's going to be a good time. I'm going to have a lot of fun. 
don't you dare talk about a shandy, Nathan. My first ever alcoholic bre- beverage was a, um, I don't know if you know, shandies are naturally watered down, but this was like a, a, a definitely a huge watered down shandy. I don't know how you could do it, Nathan. It was incredible. Also, a few gin and tonics never go astray in uh, in our lives these days. You're right. Short Stack are a great option um, for any festival. They, I guess maybe they looked at good things with the Veronicas and probably maybe made their decision based on that. But the cool thing about this lineup is, and I, I think this is for the first time, that this isn't the full lineup. They're kind of leaking it out over like a certain amount of period of uh, time. So that could be, you know, we could get another six bands yep. in four weeks' time. We could get another four uh, a band a week for the next 10 weeks. Who knows? But I think that's something that kind of keeps my interest there. You know, they put out the base, probably they probably put out 60 or 70% of the lineup. They're going to kind of leak out the, net, the last few bands. Do you have any predictions, Nathan, for those last bands or any kind of crazy out there ones? I know we all want Pendulum, but is there anyone more realistic that we could get? Well, Nick, uh, I thought, like, you actually mes- mentioned a text to me before the, we did the show but about three new songs of UNFD releasing this week. So have you got any predictions on those songs? Because I reckon what UNFD slash Unify were kind of in cahoots, we might get a song, like a single release, and an announcement that one of those bands will play Unify. I reckon Void Division this week, there might be a little bit of news coming. We, we, we think they're one of the bands. We've seen the tease during the week three days ago that there's probably something coming next week. So I reckon that might be a little option there. Don't know if that's really obvious, but I reckon that's one prediction for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think that's an absolute dead ringer. I, I hope that that's on. I think I heard someone say, uh, message me just about 30 minutes ago saying they're an absolute shoe-in, not in the sense that they have any information, but apparently someone tweeted something, which is exciting, but because I'm very excited for New Void. I hope they play Unify. They're a perfect Unify band. They're like kind of like a half-party band, which is what you want for a festival like this. In terms of the other bands to play and to kind of coincide, I know this Adrenaline. is an out-there pick, Nathan, for you. What do you think about Up Late, UNFD signed artist who did a remix of the Hyperday on Hyperdays, um, the deluxe one, Nathan, kind of coming in and doing some sort of t- uh, you know DJ set? Are we talking like a Thursday night headliner DJ set, or don't know? Like m- maybe play like a Thursday night headliner as the DJ set, and then come back on the Saturday and play a normal, pardon me, a normal set like that'd be interesting. Bands never done that before, and they're a band that can do that, like. And plus, they got to, like. There's probably artists that are already on the bill that they did like re, like jig songs with, and they can do features with on the actual bill itself. So, I reckon it'd be fantastic. I'd love to see that. It's just, and it's something different, mate. And like, there's one thing I need to say about Unify. Like a lot of people, a, a lot of people hated this, Nick. I, I, like yeah. I was at work when it dropped, and I got home and read a lot of comments about the, the festival and how underwhelming it was, and people weren't happy. But like we look at Unify and we've done it since it started and we've talked about it on the show heap. You look at the Unify festival a couple of years later and look at the artists where they're at in the future. And it's always about the future as hard as it is at the time to swallow that. But bands like Thornhill will turn into hopefully headliners. Pryland's being signed to two new labels now. Like they're another band that could like, like improve. Alpha Wolf might be the biggest hardcore band in Australia at that stage. And you know, like that's how we grow with it. And like, it went, if Starve and bands like Bloom take off, this festival looks really good. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you're like, we've seen that over the years. We've, you know, we see Polaris playing 2017, 2018, and then being second headliner in 2020. We've seen Ocean Grove go from kind of like, you know, just kind of a plucky little band to playing with this massive pyro in 2019 after Crossfaith of all fucking bands. You know, they, seeing them go through the ranks is as exciting 
as anything to do with Unify. And it's it's always fun to try and pick it as well. Every year you try and pick who is that band, who's that band who's made that statement that they're here to like really fucking go. You've mentioned Thornhill and they're an absolute Monty hopefully over the next few years to grow and be that band who starts on the bottom of the lineup and starts to go to the mid card and then all the, soon they're playing night sets and they're having all these crazy stage designs and that's kind of what you hope for. And that's, that's what makes Unify fantastic and as you said, they've done that since day one. Those bands have grown through those ranks since day one and it's it's fucking cool. And not many festivals can say the same. Have you got a pick for another one? Like just looking at the bands that are on that lineup now. Like have you got a couple? Like a couple of lefties that you reckon, boom, like they're going to be the bands? Uh, to play Unify, I think, I know Hallians is too obvious, so I won't say them. Um, I really want Trophy Eyes. I just, I feel like Trophy Eyes yeah. would be perfect for a Unify just because they have that anthem-based set and they've surely got new music. I'm really digging the new Trophy Eyes stuff that they've been releasing over the last couple of years. Just a couple of singles here and there. They've been really great. Figure Eight's an amazing song. Um, other than that, it's kind of like, you know, I always wonder where they're going to pluck them from. And if you told me a month ago that Starve were going to be on Unify, I'd say you're fucking nuts. So I, that kind of opened opens up um especially on the local front who they could potentially get who you got Nath? any any weird ones oh not so much weird but gloom would be a perfect one to actually make it onto the proper either the friday or saturday like they they had the biggest lineup on the thursday night when they played that set they had the biggest crowd and they are a monty to they've already released an oh, they got an album recorded there's like they are our boys and we love them but they are a definite band that i think would fit on a proper Aussie, all Aussie lineup, obviously, for Unify itself. We we know Jace kind of teased that Vire Art were playing fucking, was it hate in full? Yeah. I know that was a piss take, but like getting a Vi Art again, like a big Aussie band like that, like they're always rumored. Like we'd love to see them play the festival again, but I don't know, mate. Like you, you look in um, Onslow, like they had a good release of Sean from Make Them Suffer. Do Make Them Suffer themselves play? Like there's always those bands and like, with obviously full tilt, like, I don't know what's going on with that, if we're going to get that at all. I don't know if that's been cancelled or not, but those bands aren't playing full tilt. Who knows? We might get a couple of them that pop over to Unify. So it's going to be interesting times, mate. It's a really good shout um, on Slow. I think they're absolutely a terrific shout. They could play the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They could play a fucking acoustic set Sunday, honestly. Um, do they still do acoustic sets on the Sunday? I can't remember. It's been a long time since Unify, Nathan. Well, Nick, you still haven't been approached to do a static revenue reunion <laughs> as an acoustic show on the Sunday. So until that happens, I won't be watching any kind of garbage on the Sunday, mate. I've got to get back home to record the show before I pass out. So that's more important on a Sunday for me, mate, these days. Yeah, and it's, you know, Unify is that thing, and I know I'm gonna put other one other band out, and you know, I you know, two months ago I would have said Buried in Verona, but they've uh, you know, a certain member of Buried in Verona has kind of probably shot that idea down in the ass. Um, one band I will say for a reunion band, and a band that posted a couple of months ago, Stories. Everybody wants Stories to yeah. come back, and they posted something a couple of months ago, and I didn't mention this on the Jason one. I kind of I forgot about this. Surely this could be something really cool, right? Well, they posted a story and a photo in the studio, whether they were just bored and locked down, whether they were just, I don't know, but I don't think they would have done that for no reason, mate. So being a UNFD band as well, like it would be great. And how many years, was it 2013? I think they released the, the story of youth to become I'm pretty sure it was the album. Yeah. I'm guessing that um, I'm going to say it was 2013, which is what, that'll be nine years ago. Maybe they come back to the 10th year. I don't know, but. It's a good shout, mate. Like, they're definitely popping back up on the socials, and I don't think that's for no reason. 
Yeah, and that's exciting as well because I I think that that's always been something about Unify, among other things, that has kind of been an appeal that you do get that kind of reunion band. And, you know, like, I know you can use other festivals around the world like Coachella where they can get all these fucking crazy features to come out on stage and do it all in California. But this is kind of like our little version of that. Seeing, you know, a crafter get on stage with Parkway Drive as they did in 2018 or seeing Marcus Bridge get on stage with every second band in 2017. He was on he was on stage about 20 times that fucking weekend. It was insane. Uh, but that's the beauty of Unified. There is kind of that little bit, that tiny little bit of unpredictability of what's going to happen on the day. And hopefully uh, when it comes to next year, none, the unpredictability isn't going to be to do with a massive tidal wave of a storm or COVID. Yeah, well, fingers crossed, mate, because last year, who knows how many little special ideas got ruined by that Friday of absolute hell. So like you say, hopefully next year's a little bit of normality. And by that stage, everyone's vaccinated and we can go out and actually enjoy ourselves. So Fingers crossed, mate, but Unify always throws something out, whether it is the wind, whether it's bloody sound issues, whether it's bands being dicks backstage, who knows? There's always something around. So hopefully we're doing roaming interviews with the people on the floor and we're having some fun. I'm sure it will be. Absolutely. And I want to kind of move in because we have had a few weeks off. and because of that, you know, music doesn't stop. The cogs will always keep going and the wheels will always keep spinning um, regardless if this show keeps going, unfortunately. Uh, so talk to me about this, Knife. What has caught your ear over the last few weeks? What is kind of, what, what would you bring to Mate. your show and tell in grade two presentation? Mate, I'm talking, I'm just about to graduate to grade three, mate. This is the <laughs> final day, show and tell. I've got the student of the week. I'm absolutely lined up, ready to go. I've got an absolute A-grade list of songs and releases that have happened over the last few weeks. But Nick, yes. I'm going to start with Mirrors. Yep. Gippsland Band released a banger called Leave Them Behind, which um, I'll also talk about something later, but that was a really cool song, a little bit of different in style too. The kind of the the bend core that they kind of go for is a little bit more melodic. But Nick Heist, Red Herring, they released a nice track there. Yep. Pridelands dropped the walls and signed to Sharp Turn Records. So that followed up from um their signing with Resist earlier in the year with Heavy Tongue. So they're double virtuosos now. They're doing whatever the <laughs> fuck they like, which is a great word, virtuoso. And they're going to roll with that. But um, yeah, good stuff to those boys, Nick. Outsider, two strap. Two tracks, sorry, a necessary end. So decay and disgust. I was fucking disgusted with this. This was so heavy. This was absolutely <laughs> filthy. The boys have done a great job. Absolutely outstanding. You got Earth Call, a new song with Mystique called Choke. Great feature. Awesome track. I really like what Earth Call is doing at the moment with their music. They're doing some really good things. Clay J. Gladson had a new EP called Dead Friends. It was pretty good. And Nick, a couple of old band schoolmates in a band called Commoner released a new song, Bite which was really cool as well. Then we got Loose End during the week, released a new song, Autopilot, but a couple of bigger bands, Spirit Box had a new song called Hurt You. Then you got Every Time I Die with a new track, Post Boredom. Then you got Silent Planet, a new song called Panopticon. But Nick, the favourite of mine, I've got yeah. a favourite big international band, not really big international ones yet, but a hardcore band called Dying Wish. They called a song called um, Until Morning Comes and it's fantastic. They're a hardcore band. They had an album, I think, in 2019. I think we talked about it. Might have made the top 10 list. Yep. And, um, yeah, they've got some cleans in this song, Nick, and it's just fantastic. They've had um, cleans on both releases, and I'll talk about a few albums to come later on, but a lot of these bands are releasing albums that we've just mentioned, and I've been really impressed. And a lot of the locals there carrying the, the torch again. So what about you? Have you 
obviously want to piggyback on those. I probably mentioned too many, but oh, absolutely, you, man? absolutely mentioned too many, and I'm going to love every part of it. I was um the mirrors thing was fascinating to me because they released their song the same day of Unified dropping their lineup, which I thought was a really strange tactic. I don't know if maybe they didn't catch wind of that and it just kind of coincided with each other. But it actually took me probably a week to listen to that track for the first fucking time because it just got lost in the shuffle for me. I don't know, like maybe I maybe I just wasn't paying much attention to the scene the last few weeks. But yeah, it took me a lot going on. It, yeah, it took me a long time because, as you say, when Unified drops, there's comments coming everywhere, and you want to just I just want to keep paying attention. I want to see who who loves it, who hates it, and uh, who has terrible opinions, which is just about everybody, including myself and you. But it's like that's half the fun. And then when you hear like this local band who are on the come up are going to be uh, releasing a new song, you kind of like. That can kind of fall on deaf ears sometimes. Um, New Loose End is really good. All Autopilot, shout out to those boys doing good shit there. Um, I know you want to talk about some albums later. If not, I just got to bring up one, or just one, if that's okay, right now. It's yeah, God, go for it, mate. Goddamn turnstile, Nathan. I just... Oh, yes. I had so much fun with this fucking release. I fucking love it. I don't know what it is. There's just something so cool about this. Uh, this might be my favorite album of the year so far. Oh, for sure, mate. It's, it's outstanding. 15 songs, 35 minutes. I've been actually, uh, probably to the, the trust of, well, I don't even know what the fuck the word is, but Nick, during the actual footy, I was actually watching a set that they played um, at the Clifton Park Band Show. It dropped yesterday on YouTube. If, uh, I'm telling you, I recommend watching this, mate. They filmed it in like 1990s analog video style, <laughs> and it, it they play a lot of their new songs, and it is phenomenal. And, dude... I'm telling you, like, there's something about this band at the moment. I don't know what it is, but this is the greatest album of all time. It really is. Like, they're just, this is probably the most anticipated album we've had since we heard, well, for me, Mystery. I remember hearing Mystery earlier in the year and thinking, yeah, that's a really cool song. And then they dropped the the, the mini EP that it turned out into the actual album itself with, like, Holiday and TLC and Love Connection. And it was just, it's really, really cool, mate. But obviously, every time I die, I have another album coming called Radical October 22, 16 tracks. They're probably the two most anticipated albums that we've had for the year. And yeah. this sits at the top. It's a beautiful album cover. They're groovy like Nick. The, I don't know. I really like the sound they're going for. Like they tease more electronics on Time and Space, which was from 2018. Yeah. But they've really gone with it on this one. There's a lot of melodies, a lot of great vocal parts. There's jazz parts. There's pop parts, alt rock parts. There's pure hardcore parts. Like... There's so much going on, dude. And, like, the hooks on here really dominated the album for me. And, like, there's two-step moments and the riffs are just great. And Brendan, the, the singer, did all the producing, I'm pretty sure, himself. So wow. shout-out to him, mate. Like, he's the brains, I think, at the moment beyond this band. But, like, standout tracks, Holiday, Mystery. I've said both of them. They're both two of the songs of the year for me. Absolutely huge. Dance Off, one of the new ones, is just so... <laughs> The hook on that is just phenomenal, dude. That's so damn good. The groove on Don't Play is huge. I just love the drums on that song. And then, yeah, like Endless was another two-minute pearler. And that's the thing, Nick. They get in and they get out. Like these songs average. Well, there's a couple of fillers in there, but they average about two to two and a half minutes. And they're just so damn good, man. I just love it. There, There is something so perfect about a band like Turnstile, as you say, not overstaying their welcome when it comes to just about any track on this album. And it's also the fact that they... To me, 
and I might be in the wrong, might be wrong here. I always feel like these guys are one of the few bands who really adopt the less is more approach when it comes to their, especially their guitar work. And this isn't a slide on them this at all. This is a massive praise, if anything. I like when they come for their big moments or like the big hardcore mosh moments and everything. There's nothing too much going on. It's not crushingly heavy. They're not doing knocked loose. They're just letting certain tempos. They're just going through melodies. They're just doing. It's all about the rhythm and it's all about the the bass and the drum section, like locking in with the guitar more than anything. And that's something that a lot of bands don't get. And that's a, that's a problem where like every band these days, and like I, you know, there's a lot. Of, I don't want to say anyone's to blame here, but like there's certain bands who almost made it cool to just keep changing your song every. 10 seconds and have to have a new riff here and every every song has to have 22 riffs in inside three and a half minutes kind of thing but turnstile have realized like some of these songs have are about four sections and it's just copied and pasted essentially but new life has been breathed into it every time it's brought in and it's just it's so fucking cool to listen to it's a it's a fucking fantastic album i love this i had so much fun with this and at the end of the day all you want to do with an album is have fun with it and Turnstile, like, this is the most fun I've had listening to an album this year, especially in this scene. Yeah, dude. And I think the best way to sum it up, I think they're a band, Nick, that don't want to be pigeonholed into just being a pure hardcore band now. Like, they are exploring different sounds with their music. They don't really, without actually, like, going too far away from their roots, which is really good as well. So there's plenty on here for the, like, the local hardcore guy. There's plenty on here for people that want a little bit more than that. And for also people that like a little bit more of just, easier listening music so to be a band doing this like so early kind of into their career like they've been around a long time but they're still relatively young like blokes and stuff with their musician artistry it's really cool and like i say like trying not to be pigeonholed as a hardcore band that actually opens up a whole range of like new areas they can go and they've opened that up on this album and it's beautiful it's got to be a vinyl collection for you surely yeah, um, I'm going to get that. I actually haven't ordered mine yet, but it will be on the collection um, very, very fucking soon. I should get Time and Space as well. That's a fantastic album. I'm in a, I'm in a big turnstile mood recently, and um, albums like this can yeah. really set you off. Go watch that video, man. Into that love of a band because you know all of a sudden you're you're going back and you're listening to their old stuff and all of a sudden you you know every fucking word of every song like the bearded warrior does. Uh, Nate, can we move on real quick? Uh, I want to get a little bit of a wanker of the week out, if that's okay. I, I know this is kind of hard to um, talk about because, you know, there is a c- certain words that, you know, you shouldn't say um, being, you know, child pornography, I guess, being the main reason about this. But the baby from, uh, the, I was going to say Metallica, Nirvana's album, Nevermind, is actually suing the band at the moment for essentially putting on a naked baby on an album cover in 1990. Um, I won't give the, I won't say the guy's name because I'm not just going to, I don't fucking, who gives a shit? Fuck him. Um, but this is fascinating to me, Nafer, because this is the same guy that on the 25 year anniversary did a full shoot, essentially recreating the album cover. This is the guy who has Nevermind tattooed across his chest in massive letters. It's not like it's a little wrist piece or it's like it's hidden on his bum cheek like all my tattoos are. I've got a whole bum piece, Nafer, and it's great. Uh, but this guy is literally tattooed there. And now because of, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if this is just, I don't want to say cash grab, but it, it does, everything about it does scream very cash grabby. It's a really ugly look. And uh, honestly, there is something about this where, you know, this album cover is one of the most iconic of all time, right? Like everybody knows this album cover. It's, you are a part of rock history by by being a part of this album cover. And there is a little bit of part of me that I understand, like maybe why you would want compensation of some sorts, but to come out 30 years later 
I just this screams cash grab knife. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's definitely a cash grab mate. But um, like you you look at it like it is. It's one of the biggest albums of all time. Probably my like definitely one of my favorite albums of all time. Thirty million copies it's sold, and um, he's chasing two point five mil in damages. So obviously for child pornography, which is like they were taken advantage of. But I'm not not to defend Nirvana what they did, but they paid the parents two hundred bucks yeah. back in the day to get the baby like to model that. So they got two hundred dollars, probably thinking that the album might sell ten thousand copies. And unfortunately <laughs> yeah. for the the family there, it became the they became the biggest band in the world. It's probably the most famous album cover of all time, arguably. And as I said, it sold 30 million copies and he's got 200 bucks for it. So he's probably sitting over in lockdown in America thinking, fuck, okay. I'm having not a good time here. Like I I need something to just boost me up. And he's thinking, well, I've been around for this. I've got all the tattoos and I've got to get some more out of this than a fucking tattoo. So he's going for it. And like, why wouldn't you have done it when you're 18 and came of age and realized what had happened to you? Like it sold 20 million albums by that stage. So it doesn't make sense to me that people, people are going through interesting times and this is what's happened. So very wankerish by this young man. So a few of the things that were said in like the statements was he had um, a loss of, he wanted like uh, compensation for loss of any future and past wages um, was something because uh, in his words, and this is just me kind of paraphrasing roughly uh, that, you know, essentially because of this situation, he couldn't get work. He, it, it affected his education. It affected his, um, it, there was one point where it said it infected, affected his enjoyment of life, which was kind of a sad thing to read because that feels like a bigger issue than what is that he's actually going for. It sounds like more of a personal thing rather than this. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> like so that kind of was a bit rough to read, but it's it's pretty um it's just not a good look, especially now. And I, I, I do see a lot of memes come out of this. And I know memeing on the subject matter isn't fantastic, but I did see a Batuta Advocate article saying the frog from Silver Chair's debut album to sue rock band saying that he's never agreed to be stomped on. <laughs> um, and, that, <laughs> and that was fantastic. And then you also had the kid from Alice in Chains, Jar of Flies EP, Sue's band for extreme fear of insects. And there was just countless ones of these. Everyone was going nuts on it. And I... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm very, um, I'm uh, absolutely baffled by the situation. And uh, I think it's, yeah, I think you should just enjoy your place on rock history and kind of leave it at that. Uh, but if we can move on to some lighter stuff, Nathan, can we move on to pot shots, Nathan? A few quick questions and a few quick answers. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I'll kick us off. Why not, eh, the old potties? But I'm um, Nick Brown to you. This is a Quite easy one, but crowd participation at gigs will improve post-COVID. Yay or nay? So initially I want to say yay, but there is a part of me that's going to think there's going to be certain people who don't want to get involved in it because of COVID, because of the um, the idea of like, I don't want to... Everyone's been so used to being by themselves that you know, I think there'll be a lot more people feeling a bit more claustrophobic when it comes to shows. But I think for the most part, especially when it comes to a festival mm. like Unify, when that show comes in and when that whoever plays first and whoever, especially whoever's a hyped band who plays first, it's gonna go nuts. And everyone's gonna like the everyone's gonna kind of not benefit because nobody wants to have eighteen months worth of shows ripped away from you. But it's gonna it's gonna feel worth it at the time. <laughs> for that split second, it's gonna be like, holy shit, we would have never gotten this reaction if we played this um this set a year ago this is insane 
Yeah, I hope you're right, dude. I just, I, I hope when we get back, there's less people in the smokers areas and more people on the floor. Ooh. That's what we want to see. That's a good one, Nath. I like that call. That's a big one. I like that. Uh, Nathan, the announcement of Unify has killed the hype for full tilt. Yay or nay? Oh, 100% yay. Like I told you before, and I was talking about my tangent on full tilt, I don't even know what the fuck's going on with that. And obviously, Polaris, Nick announced a new tour and they're playing the venue that full tilt was meant to be at so they have justice they got make them suffer and mirrors along the ride for that so even that's like taken away a little bit from full tilt so in melbourne especially there's fucking no end to this lockdown it seems so i just don't see it happening whereas unify still got three months to kind of get everyone jabbed up and kind of safe so yeah, it's kind of like Full Tilt was announced. It feels like a year ago, mate. Like it's, it was so long ago when they talked about it. And and to no fault of their own, we bought tickets straight away and it was exciting. But to have it cancelled and like I feel sorry for the promoters and the people involved in the bands because there's nothing wrong that they've done. It's just the shitty virus. So hopefully Unify happens. And I reckon that, as we've said, we predicted it months ago, that'll be the coming together of everyone again. And looks like it's going to be that way again, mate. Especially for Victorians. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, yay. Anything you want to say to that? No, absolutely. I think that's spot on, man. Um, I think that, you know, the full tilt, unfortunately, has kind of, like, because of all the postponements, the anticipation and the hype has gone just diminished. You know, I remember when it initially came out, everyone was like, we're all going to Queensland, and we're all going to do that. And then it was like, Melbourne got announced as well. It was like, we're all doing Melbourne, and then we're doing Queensland. It's going to be fucking incredible. And now I'm like... Man, I don't, I don't even know if I want to go. Like, I, you know, it just feels so far away. It does, and it doesn't feel like there's anything there yet. Um, I'm, I'm sure closer to the event, I'll get excited. But for right now, it's really hard to get anything, anything behind this one yet. Yeah, I don't see us going to Queensland. Sorry, Queensland people, if you're listening, but I just don't see it happening. I had to be that bloke, but I just, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it just seems so far away. Like you say, Nick, for you. It's going to be Don Broco versus Turnstile for the album of the year. Yay or nay? Ooh, I'm going to say nay because I'm going to, every time I die, Will is releasing. So they're going to be up there. Um, I tell you what, Don Broco is having a hell of an album rollout in terms of the songs they're picking. Everything sounds great. And I've never really, I've, ne- I've always heard of Don Broco, but I've never really given them the time of day. And even going back to their older stuff, I'm not. A, I can't really get into a hell of a lot of it. But this stuff, this new stuff, is just amazing. He's this guy's talking about. I'm gonna body slam everybody in the room, and he's talking about wearing a gum shield like a backbone ma- ma- a mosh guard. It's just like, it's how can you not love that? Um, it, it's a nay because his other albums are going to be in co- on competition, and we never know. Bring me and Parkway and bands like that are always in the running. Northlane could be releasing their next album as well before the, the year's out. It's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be a good end uh, to the year, Nave. Yeah, we literally, we get the Don Broco album step 17. So I was going to say it's a couple of weeks. Then we've got the same day, Spirit Box Eternal Blue coming September 17. And then every time I die, Radical October 22. They were the four. So like I had the four in like a box to like end the year, which is awesome. That's yeah. huge. Nate, for you, Gravemind won't recover from their recent member losses. Yay or nay? Yay, mate, 100%. I, I think with the vocalists, like I know Northlane, kind of struck luck with getting Marcus Bridge and staying at the top of the game when they did it. But when you lose a vocalist as good as Dill, who is just so just fantastic with his lyric range and his lyricism as well, writing stuff. And I don't know if he's the only one that writes music and lyrics for him, like, but 
it just doesn't feel like they'll recover. And Michael kind of was the social side. It felt like of Greybine. Like he was friends with everyone. He got around everyone like backstage at good things, meeting bands, talking to people, talking to us and just a lovely bloke. And for whatever reason, like behind closed doors, whether it's personal, I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but to lose both members like that, it's a huge loss for any band. And I hope sincerely that they can play a Unify next year with a new vocalist as the debut because that'd be an awesome way to play your first show. Like, uh, it'd be really cool. But um, yeah, I'm I'm going yay, mate. I just I, I can't see it. And like for a band that was so good on Conduit, it just it sucks. But um, yeah, we saw a couple of vocal covers during the week, and like it was a couple of clean bits. Whether they go that style and open up that range, I don't know if they're gonna accept that kind of depends on it because they changed their style on that album from pure kind of deathcore to open it up a bit so yeah mate i'm going yay what about you what do you think of that yeah i i, I can't help but agree man it's it's an unfortunate thing um you know Northlane were lucky enough to be at a point where enough people cared about a new vocalist in that sense like you know when like rot is still one of their most like kind of biggest songs because of the fact when that dropped and it was like everyone wanted to hear it everyone just wanted to hear what a new vocalist sounded like with north lane so there was that anticipation um Graveman unfortunately aren't at that stage so there is a lot of there is a part of me that thinks they might just kind of pa- like pander out or peter out kind of thing but I really well, hope the opposite. I really hope they come out and they they just crush it with whatever they release next. I hope they come out with fucking Poiter as their vocalist and all of a sudden they they feel I was, stamped again. <laughs> yeah, I literally was going to say, look what happened to Ival, and then you just brought up Poiter. So that's a funny, yeah. not to like say like Ival kind of died in the ass, but it's hard to not like see it happening. But they are brilliant. Well. Yeah, well they were so on the up and. They were. They were really popular. I Val at the stage when he went off and bloody left them and they never recovered, dude. Like they had about five different singers after him and Poyd is literally the king of that whole deathcore, death metal scene in Australia. He's probably the best vocalist. So they were never going to recover and Dill, like, we've always held him in high regard and Greybine are brilliant musicians, but I just don't know how they're going to replace a guy like that. Hopefully they can, like you say, but it didn't happen for I Val. It might not happen again. Awesome, mate. Well, let's finish things off, though, because I know people are always excited to hear and like to play along as well with your goddamn beautiful quiz. Um, I know... Oh! Do we have a name for this, Nathan? Do we, is there a name for this quiz? Is it like kind of na- like Willy Wonka's uh, questions of mystery or something like that? Like, is there anything to that? Downtown with Frowny Brown. <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> I don't think you've ever summed up anything better in your life than that. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, that's now, a great now, question. I'll have to think of something creative during the week. That's that's a great, great call, but I like that. Downtown with Franny Brown. <laughs> Fuck me. Right. Go on. Give it to me. Let's see how we go. All right. Question one. True or false? The Plotting You released a new song called Face Me during the week. False. It was called Face Off, uh, like the movie Face Off with Nicolas Cage. You know what's funny about that? I actually, during the week, had Face Off written when the week, because we didn't do the show that week. Face Me came out a few weeks ago, and I had Face Off as the question to throw you off for the true or false. So, <laughs> it's a great guess by you, but no. The song's called Enemy, though. And it's... So the, the new song's called Enemy. The original song was Face Me, but as a new album, it's, it's an up, like an upcoming album. 
That's question two, Nick. What is the new album called? Is it A, Sad Song, B, Enemy, C, Face Me, or D, Swan Song? Ooh, okay. I'm going to go... I'm not playing it safe and going with one of the... Like a title... Like they've released a title track. I'm going to go Swan Song. Well, after Dane Swan himself, Nick, you've just summed that up beautifully. And that's the third album being released on September 17 that we've mentioned already. So Eternal Blue, Spirit Box, Don Broco's Amazing Things, and then these guys with um, Swan Song, September 17, which is going to be really exciting. So a couple of weeks away. But um, Nick, three, who wrote the song Circle the Drain released during the week? Was it A, Silent Planet, B, The Acacia Strain, C, Teeth, or D, Wage War? Fuck. Um, I'm going to go, I know Wage War and I'm pretty sure Silent Planet released. So I'm going to go with one of them. I'm going to go Wage War because I, I know they released a song of some sorts and they have a album and their album cover looks really shit as well. So like, yeah, I'm going to go Wage War for those reasons. So those two smarky remarks were just because I wanted to say them. Correct. Not correct. Yes. And they got a new album called Manic coming out October 1. So that's another album release that we will have to hopefully tear apart, but this is a different kind of song. Very, very clean. Clean's dominated, and it's a soft song, so it was different to hear rather than the just the generic metalcore they normally put out. So it was pretty cool. Nick, four. What came first? Stories the youth to become, or falling in reverse, just like you? It's falling in reverse, just like you. Ah, uh, correct. Yes, that was February 24, 2015, and Stories was August 14, 2015. So my 2013 prediction of the 10-year Unify anniversary was completely false. We're looking for 2025. Okay, I'm a fuckwit. Five, Nick, what song has more streams on Spotify? <laughs> Beartooth Hated or Amity Affliction Pittsburgh? I bet, uh, no, Amity, Amity, it's got to be Amity. If it's not Amity, I'm going to pull you through the screen and give you a, a sleeper hold like Rene Dupree used to do. Really used to sitch it in with his, uh, with that opposite side of his elbow. Thick, thick pecs, that bloke, thick pecs. And you know why, Nick? Because he was hated. He was La Resistance and hated Reign Supreme once again. 60 mil versus Pittsburgh's 47.6 mil. So, yeah, you're, you're going to strangle me through the screen. I'm not looking forward to that Jungle Cruise with Blaine the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Next six, who wrote the song Black Ice? Was it A, Pale Face, B, AC, DC, C, Pale Dusk, or D, Judas Priest? All of them. All of the above. They all released it. Um, Black Ice was an album by ACDC. I think, yeah. Pale, I think Pale Dusk is the answer, isn't it? Or is it all of them? I can't remember. Well, ACDC did release an album called um, Black Ice. Um Judas Priest wished they released an album called Black Ice. <laughs> pale Face, I always get mixed up with Pale Dusk. So which one of those two do you want to guess? Did you guess Pale Dusk or dusk, Pale Face? Dusk. I'm going, going dusk, dusk to Dawn, baby. <laughs> oh, you grayscale-loving fiend. You were correct. It was Pale Dusk. Correct. Black Ice, ripping song. Good stuff to those boys. Um, Nick Seven, what song has more streams on Spotify? Every time I die, it remembers or make them suffer hollowed heart. I'm going to go It Remembers solely based on the fact that it has Brandon Yuri on it and it's been out for a lot oh, longer. That's such a fantastic guess. But once again, you're wrong. Oh, it's hollowed heart, 7.8 mil to it. Remember 7.3. I'm so you, you're out of, out of touch with the um, <laughs> downtown with Franny Brown. So I'm telling you now, this is, this is not coming up trumps for you, mate. But Nick, eight. Yes. What band released the album Vicious Pleasure in 2018? Was it A, Being an Ocean? B, Trash Boat, C, Endless Heights, or D, The Comfort? 
Endless Heights. Eddie, lock it in. Um, your name's the Cream Cheese Warrior, mate. You've got to sum that up properly. <laughs> Maybe that's the segment name, the Cream Cheese Warrior and the Bread... Oh, no fucking idea. The Breadmaker, the Breadwinner. Okay, Endless Heights is correct. <laughs> Number eight. I don't know how many you got right. I'm going to say you're four from eight, so you're 50-50. You need two to break the tiebreaker. Come One on, to go 50-50. Go. All right, nine. How many features were there on the album you talked about a few weeks ago, Only Death is Real? Was that A1, B2, C3, or D4? Fuck, this is a tough one. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I wanted an easy one. No, okay. So there's... Um, uh, fuck, I can't remember much of that album at all, really. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say three. If you're like, I'm, <sighs> Principal Chalmers said, if you don't know the answer, lock in C. And that's my if, answer. If you can name Principal Skinner's real name, um, I'll give you an extra point. Oh, I can't remember it. Fuck. I know it's like not. It's actual. Herman Tanzarian. Is that That's his name? the one. Yeah. Herman Tanzarian. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he serve, Nick? I'll pay you a point if you get that. Where did he serve in the he war? served in Nam. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, you don't get a point. Sorry. I fucking saved your life there. Correct. You got three. So you got Yay! a point anyway. So you got one question now to really win the quiz. Now, Nick. Yes. So we did talk about Strafe in the Path and they're a UNFD band and um, can you name the three features <laughs> of the oh, album? Okay, okay, hang on. <laughs> you don't have to name the song. We just want to know the features and the artists. I'm pretty sure Keith Buckley is one of them. Strange Fiction, correct. That's one. Um. Okay. Uh, this is where it gets tough. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna get. A, I'm probably gonna get a couple wrong here. Is Brian Garris on one? Correct. All day and a night. Oh wow. Um. I wasn't expecting that to be correct. Um, okay, the last one is... Oh, I feel like this is going to be hard. Um, I, I'd have no idea on this one either. I've got no idea who he is. Vinny Paz. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say the guy from Kublai. <laughs> that was my... That, was my um, that might be him. Vinny Paz on the house always wins. It's not, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not him, but fuck it. We'll say it is. For uh, Two out of three ain't bad, Dave, so surely I get half a point and get over Was 50%. it Honeycut? He did the one on Eternal Atomics. Yeah. yeah. He was the feature there. But yeah, dude... Good quiz. Well played. And, um, Thanks, mate, you did well. <laughs> Nick. Yes. Three speculation songs, UNFD. We've gone Void Division being one. Yep. What do you think for the other two? I, well, I, going off one of your questions, um, and I kind of like talked about Silent Planet recently, said something. I can't remember what it was. It was something about an album, which makes me think that it, that might be one of them. They're signed to UNFD. Um, so I'm going to say Silent Planet <laughs> for the, another one. I had that written too, but. You know why it won't. You would know. You know why it won't be Nick. Well, why is that? Because Panopticon came out this week, so they oh, won't be fuck. released in another okay, one. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> that's how I've far got behind, one for you, but that's how far I've done, behind I am. I've done some digging, mate. Give it to me. What do you got? Uh, up late. Yes, up late. So I'm very, very confident they've posted about up late dropping something next week. So I'm oh, pretty really? sure they gave that away on Facebook. So that'll be the second one. But dude. Yeah. This third one, I am absolutely fucked. I've got absolutely no idea who this is going to be. Like, whether this could be a new signing. Like, who knows? This yeah, could be could a new be. signing, which I'd absolutely love. It could be an international. We could get a stray song. We could get a bloody silent planet, but we've already talked about that. We don't think it'll be there. I don't think it'll be yours truly. They just released a song as well. But yeah, Thornhill, maybe. Ocean Grove, maybe. It's been a while for those two bands. Like, Crossfaith might do one, being an international dream state. I just. I'm fucked for the, the third one. I've got no idea, which is exciting. I'm really excited for that third release. Yeah, hopefully it is good. And like, you know, Up Late's a good shout. Um, 
any, look, if we get void, I'll be happy. It doesn't really matter. Like I'm, conf I'm pretty much hundred percent sure that one will be void, um, which is exciting. Um, you know, the third one, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess yours truly have another one. I think, I think they might release. Yeah. Like, I think they might release like an EP of sorts. I don't know. I think they they had their album I a couple of years ago now. So actually, it might be around album time for fucking yours truly. Was that last? This is year? A very very good shit, Nick. That's not a bad. That's yeah. Yeah, well, they they have they've definitely recorded something in length. I've seen their posts and stuff. So, but yeah, dude, a couple more things I want to chat to you about. Yep. Uh, dad vibes. Sum it up for me. So Fred Durst in full. Like I must admit, I I know everybody loves this, and I love the outfit. But I have no idea what this performance was because, like, I love Fred Durst with the energy. And I think he actually is really cool when he's energetic on stage. <laughs> I think it's really fucking sick. But it, I feel like he couldn't hear himself. I remember watching this Lollapalooza performance and I was like, it looked like he was like, um, he was asking the crowd if he could, they could hear him because he couldn't hear himself. And I was like, maybe that's why he's kind of walking around a little bit nonchalanty. But it must be to do with this fucking, um, you know, this the outfit and the chopper mo. I don't I don't know if I want to hear new Limp Biscuit. I really don't. We've always said Limp Biscuit are perfect because they don't want to release new music. Wes Borland has said that in the past. They're like, yo, we understand that when we play live, we just play the classics. And that's what you should do when you're Limp Biscuit. But yeah, you know, maybe it is time. It has been like 10 years since their last Gold Cobra. So like, it is probably time for a new, a new release for him just to have a bit of fun. Well, yeah, dude. He's literally trolled his way to relevance again. Like, the whole music scene was talking about him in those photos. So, like, the guy's a genius. And they are. They're a part of a new wave of bands releasing albums. They're obviously not a new band, but I've got a few that have been announced, Nick, over the time that we've been away. So, MGK's got a new album coming called Born With Horns, coming later this year. Every time I die, I've talked about already. Radical Mirrors, which is really super exciting. Got an album called The Ego's Weight dropping October 8th on your birthday, which Yay. is going to be exciting. Sleep Token, massive band. Got an album called This Place Will Be Your Tomb coming September 24th. And then Dying Wish. So Fragments of a Bit of Memory was the title track, which was the first single, which everyone needs to listen to. This is just a phenomenal, it's going to be a phenomenal release. It's coming October 1st. So the next three to four weeks, we've got massive like releases coming and like um, October 22 for every time I die in, in about six weeks time, which is really like, exciting as well. So yeah, I, I really, I'm really excited. Spirit box. We got bloody don't broker. We got bloody, um, yeah, those ones that were just announced then. So we got some really big albums. The internationals finally coming out, especially with America being kind of open again, they're playing tours and they're playing shows again. So they're releasing music and it's really good. Yeah, I don't get MVS too often, but and I know people have their opinions on these things. But when I saw some of the crowds um, and the way they were being, you know, going so nuts on at Lollapalooza, I was so fucking jealous. I I wanted to be there so fucking bad. Like just that kind of was that was kind of almost sad to watch. It was it was fun. It was good as shit, but it was also really sad. But you know. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, Nathan. Of course, um, Wednesday, keep away for Wednesday as well. Reading and Leeds the same, just popped up. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week. Um, we'll be back Wednesday to talk about when was our last classic album within this scene. And uh, Nathan, I want to thank you for joining me, and I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, until then. Uh, cool. So let's go like that.